how can someone who's never spent physical time with me love me when I've been surrounded by people who don't even love me? Proverbs 25.2 tells us that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out. <laughs> Are you ready, queen? Are you ready? Because season two of the best kept secret is finally here and I that you are back with me. This season, we are uncovering some of the secrets of the fruit of the spirit. And that means that it is time to level up in every way, starting with our character. Thank you for being here. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and we are back for another episode of The Best Kept Secret. I am so excited that you are here. Did I say I was excited? Did I say I was excited? Because I am. But if you are watching the video on YouTube, then you may notice that I am not at home. No, I have not had a makeover. No, we've not done this many renovations. Y'all know we're doing renovations on my house. Mm -mm. We didn't just knock out a whole wall. We are here at the Walter Hoving Home, and more specifically, the Las Vegas location of the Walter Hoving Home. And I am joined by a guest by a friend in the ministry and just an amazing, amazing force in the kingdom, Adriana Sanders. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for having me. It's an honor. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited about this. I was, I was literally so excited when you said yes. I, I yelled. I yelled. <laughs> it, was, it was a moment. <laughs> We are going to talk a little bit more about the Hoving Home and how you can support what's going on here in just a little while. But for now, I want to remind you guys that we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit during this season. And that's found in Galatians 5, specifically verses 22 and 23. We've been walking through each part of the fruit so that we can just invite God to define our character in new ways because the word has a lot to say about the fruit. Jesus had a lot to say about the fruit. Have you thought about it? Have you invited God to just show you what areas of your character need strengthening and how you can represent him more fully in this world lately? We have to be intentional because I know that we all love walking in purpose and doing things for the kingdom and doing things for the Lord. But if we're not careful, we can get so caught up doing the work that we forget to ask him what work he's doing in us. And that, that's tragic because we have all met mean Christians and we've been a mean Christian on occasion let's just be real and we are going to get all of that together we are going to get that together we're holding each other accountable you know in John 15 1 Jesus teaches us that he is the true vine and he tells us that our heavenly father is the carpenter he says that God is going to cut off those that don't bear any fruit. 
And he's going to prune those who bear fruit so that they're even more fruitful. That is heavy. That is heavy. I mean, have we ever thought about the possibility of being cut off from him if we're not showing his character, his love, his gentleness, his faithfulness in this world? It's true that we have grace. But as Christians, as those that have accepted him, he has expectations as a part of this relationship as well. And it's our hope and our prayer that we always please him and that we're always growing in him. But it is definitely not easy. So is it possible? Is it possible to claim Jesus and to be fruitless? Is it possible to claim Jesus and be cut off from him? Absolutely. And he makes that point more than once. In Matthew 7, he tells us about people that will come to him on judgment day and say, but Lord, I prophesied in your name. But Lord, I cast out demons in your name. But Lord, I perform miracles in your name. And he will tell them away from me. I never knew you. Y'all, that is so ridiculously scary. <laughs> that is so scary to realize that you can be out working for the Lord without allowing him and inviting him to work on your character and be in a place <sighs> where... You've done so much and gone so far that you've left him. That's scary. And we are going to hold each other accountable so that we can know that we know that we know that we are in his perfect will, that we have him with us and that we walk with him on a daily basis and are led by his unction, are led by his nudgings, are led by the Holy Spirit. Today, we are talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is love. 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 <laughs> y'all know, y'all know. I am dramatic. It's so much more fun that way. But I will tell you that we may love love, but we really have a problem with it. And if we look at the church lately, I have been wondering where the love is. You know, Jesus told us in John 13, 35, by this, Everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Mm. If you love one another. Sometimes it is so much easier to love strangers. Sometimes it is so much easier to love the lost. Sometimes it is so much easier to love those that have walked away from the Lord because we have a type of sympathy, a type of understanding and a desperation to see them return. But God tells us right here that others will know us as his disciples if we love 
one another, if we love the one that we're greeting with, if we love the one that we're singing on the praise team with, if we love the one that we are studying the Bible with, if we love the one we're married to. <laughs> Let's talk about it. I hope that you are here for this conversation. Last week, we talked about self-control. And that's the last part of the fruit of the Spirit as we read in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But remember, every single part complements the other, and we need all of them, which is why we started with self-control. Because if we don't have self-control, then we can't really walk out love in the way that Jesus did. He was so controlled that he allowed love to lead him to the cross. If we lack self-control, then we can't really show kindness or gentleness or patience because we rush ahead, we speak out of turn, and we just act mean. And so we started with self-control, and we're going to bring it and weave it into this conversation. But I want you to know that I'm right here in the middle of this study with you, and I'm so grateful that you've joined me. I'm so grateful that you have chosen to listen in today. Let's go on and get into our conversation. As I mentioned, I am at the Las Vegas location of the Walter Hoving Home. And the Walter Hoving Home is a national ministry that has been around for over 54 years now. They've touched more than 25,000 women alone. That's just women. And their families are included, but that number doesn't even include their mamas and their fathers. It doesn't even include their brothers and their sisters, their husbands and their children. It just includes the women that have come through their program in the last 54 years. The Walter Hoving Home exists to help rebuild shattered lives and lead the women that come through the homes to recognize their God-given purpose. And y'all know that I know that I know that I love <laughs> that mission, my goodness. This is one of my favorite places in the world to hang out. I'm not even gonna lie. I get super excited when Adriana invites me to come over and I don't get to make it as often as I would like, but I have to tell you, there is something special about this place. So this is just one location and I believe there are four more locations. All right, so there are four more locations and Adriana here, is the real deal y'all like she is walking out love every minute of every day she serves as the program manager of the las vegas location here and as a result of that she does everything including live here so adriana tell us what all you do with the walter hoving home and just what do you enjoy about the service that God has called you into here? What I enjoy. Let's start with that. Yes. That's, a, that's something that gets me excited. What I enjoy is seeing lives change. What I enjoy is participating in what God's doing in the ladies' lives. How the Holy Spirit's transforming them from drug addicts, alcoholics, prostitutes, 
to these beautiful women of God. Um, and most of the time, they can't gra grasp the concept of God's love initially, and so that has to be shown through someone. And I have the amazing opportunity to do that every day. Um, and some of my um, roles and things that I do here, um, I manage the daily schedule, doctor's appointments, I go to court on behalf of ladies who are trying to get in the program or already in the program, um, manage outside contacts, um, the daily schedule. Um, I, we have a school setting, which is where we believe that um, the healing takes place. It's a curriculum um, specifically designed and uniquely designed for each level of the program. I also serve as the principal, so I get to um, come alongside them as they write reports um, through, you know, listening to some pastors and reading books by different people and um, overcoming their addiction and things like that. Um, but our program is not focused on addiction. Our program is focused on walking in a, God, in a godly way. Um, and so we believe that overcoming their addiction is just a byproduct of walking a godly life. But I get to grade their reports and I get to see that work um, being done. Um, and then I get to mentor women, which is actually probably my favorite part. Um, help them come alongside them with conflict resolution um, and anything they need, just be beside them for it. Mm. I got chills. Did you hear that? They believe, we believe, that we overcome addiction because it's a byproduct of a godly life. And the discipleship that takes here, takes place here, is so genuine and so Christ-centered that the women just no choice but to change because when I tell you God is here he is here at the Walter holding home I don't know if you heard everything that Adriana just shared but she shared that she really is a living epistle the word tells us that we are living epistles we are literally the only letter of recommendation that some people will ever read that god is good that god is merciful that god saves and she for many of the women here is the first representation of christ that the women meet my goodness my goodness, what a calling, what a calling. That is powerful, sis, that is powerful. I am excited. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the Walter Hoving Home? Um, so I got involved um, in 2013. Um, all, since I was 12 years old, I struggled with addiction. And in 2013, I came to the end of the life I was living. I just didn't want to um, live that way anymore. I was arrested on um, charges for manufacturing distribution and possession. Um, and I really realized that I'm not built for jail. Like, I'm just not. You know, there's so much more to life than what I was doing. Um, and I wasn't quite sure about 
anything other than I wanted to stop using drugs. Um, I had a heroin and crack addiction at the time. Um, and so in 2013, I reached out to the only positive female role model in my life, my basketball coach, um, for many years. And I said, hey, I'm using heroin. She said, I've been waiting for you to call me. And um, she gave me the number to a detox and then the number to the hoving home. Um, but she tricked me a little bit. So I, I'll have to be completely honest in that respect. She tricked me a little bit. She told me I couldn't get into detox unless I had this program um, set up to go to, which wasn't the case. Um, but she knew the statistics of people just going to detox. And if you just go to a detox, most of the time it ends in relapse. Um, and so when I called the Hoving Home to do my intake, I um, was so under the influence that I missed all of the Christian talk. And I was by no means a Christian. Um, one thing that was not talked about in my family was God and we didn't use the word love. So, um, I must have missed all of that because I was so under the influence. Um, but I called, got through the intake, went to detox, and they were at the doors when I got released from the detox. And um, in two th June 3rd, 2013, I was on my way to the Hoving Home in New York. And that's when my life began to change drastically. Wow. Wow. I have no homes that um, haven't, you know, made any reference or even allowed their children to believe in God. However, I was really surprised when you said the word love wasn't even allowed in your home. Can you tell us a little bit more? How did your family show affection? We didn't. Um, there was a lot of yelling. Um, my mother did not use a speaking voice um, she yelled she was raising six kids on her own um, my father wasn't in the picture so i mean i totally get it <laughs> but we didn't we weren't an affectionate family um, and it wasn't until recently that we started to tell each other that we love each other um, in fact i believe that after my cousin died of an overdose um, a few years ago and then my father died of an overdose, my biological father, that's when we started using the word love. Wow. Uh, wow. So. wow. So how and when did you encounter Christ's love? Um, so how I encountered Christ's love was I am a very stubborn person um, and pretty self-sufficient at that. Um, so... For me to even grasp the concept of God, um, I needed to make sure. Um, so I spent two months in the program just reading the Bible, trying to figure out, like, do I believe this? Is this really true? How can someone who's never spent physical time with me love me when I've been surrounded by people who don't even love me? Um, and so for two months, I had, I had tried to find every reason why that wasn't the case. Um, and for two months, I had women, not only women who were staff members, but women in the program. Um, I was in the program with 54 other women. Um, and that is a lot of women. But I had women come alongside of me, pray for me, um, you know, just be there and... That was the first 
time I felt love. Um, and hearing some of their stories, it was not love that they could have on their own. It would, had to be Christ's love in them. Um, and then I was baptized in August. And when I came out of that water, um, I was completely different. And I know the significance of baptism, water baptism, and it's an outward expression. But when I tell you that there was a fire that was lit inside of me and there was no containing what I had done, I was reading the Bible to everyone. I was, um, I felt when I came out of water, the water, arms around me. Um, I had accepted Jesus in my heart already, but I had felt the loving arms of the Father around me when I came out of the water, and that was three months after I entered the program. Um, and it had just been people in my life, um, the CEO of the Hoving Home, um, and some of my best friends today were my staff members then that constantly poured into me and loved me when I wasn't making the best decisions, when I was being hard-headed, when I didn't want to do what I had to do, um, and pointing me towards Christ. Wow. Wow. My goodness. I just want to take a moment to just take in everything that Adriana shared because one of the things that you said was that you had a hard time understanding that someone who you can't see could love you when those whom you were closest to had failed to demonstrate that. And I think that that just points back to the need to show love. We all get to this place, whether we are living in Christ or not, where we recognize what we're doing isn't healthy or right or good. But Adriana didn't need anybody to tell her it wasn't good. She needed somebody to love her. And we have been there. So I just thank you. I thank you for your testimony and how you are just really pricking our hearts and helping us to assess whether or not we're showing that same type of unconditional love. You know, I lead a conference called Unconditional, and that word unconditional is from the Hebrew word agape, and it's actually found in John 13, 35. The Lord tells us that by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, if you agape one another, if you show unconditional love that is beyond all limitations and you accept people as they are. And your testimony just points to that and just how love can transform our lives and the lives of those of our loved ones and the lives of those in this world. Because God loves the world. He loves the world. I know that this world is a wicked place. I know that this world is growing increasingly darker. But the word tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. He loves this world. And we have to get on our knees and ask God to give us more love, more fully as he feels it for others that aren't like us, for others that disagree with us, for others that don't live the same lifestyles as we do so that we can bring them in because it is not 
his will that even one be lost. It's not his will. It's not his will that even one be lost. How are you talking to your coworkers? How are we loving on our family members? Because it's not his will that even one be lost. <sighs> My next question for you is how did you decide to work at the Hoving Home? This is a huge commitment. <laughs> how did you come to the conclusion that you felt God drawing you here and this was the place for you? You know, I it wasn't um, a decision that I made um, easily. I actually was working for another nonprofit. I was their first employee, um, and they employ women who are in recovery. And so, um, great organization. Um, and I had been working for them for two years. And um, under the leadership, I, I mean, it, Christian morals and values, and I had my own apartment, and life was good. Um, but I felt um, in my prayer time that God was telling me it's time to step into full-time ministry. And so I argued with him. I said, but God, this is ministry. I am helping people. Um, but I knew uh, in my program that I should have taken the steps too, but like I said, I was hard-headed and thank God for his faithfulness um, that he brought me back to that a few years later when I was more mature spiritually and emotionally. Um, and so in my prayer time, I felt like it was time to leave. Um, and so I was speaking with the leaders here and my boss there, and um, but I really didn't want to give up my apartment, my car. Um, and so I spoke to the CEO here and she said that she has an intern position for me. And I said, well, I'm not taking that intern position um, because interns don't get paid much. And I was like, but I have an apartment, a car, like I had to give up all of that to come here. Um, and I just felt like God was asking me what I'm, what are you gonna do to sacrifice for what I'm calling you to do? And so I packed up uh, all of my stuff, left my car in New York, and moved to Las Vegas a little over three years ago. Whew. You are an inspiration, honey. <laughs> this is why I had to have you on this podcast episode. The love that you shared well before you know the, you knew the women here and the women that you would meet, but the love that you showed for our father, that you would leave this place of comfort in your 20s and that you would come and give all of the, you know, even the dreams and goals that you had for yourself and allow him to rewrite all of it. It's just a testament to uh, how, 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 much he has worked within you and just how incredibly strong the part of the fruit called love is is just shining from within you what have you 
felt him doing and enjoyed participating in since you moved here? How has that move been? Um, I, I was here for a few days um, and I had said to um, one of my coworkers, I've never felt this much peace or joy um, leaving absolutely everything to come to a place that's a hundred plus degrees in the summer. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so um, he's just, I mean, in the last three years, I think my relationship has grown with him more than in my first, I don't know, five years as a Christian. Um, and I've worked at another ministry too. Um, and this is just where I found my home. My goodness, my goodness. I found more peace in leaving everything Whew, than I would have without it. I literally have chills. How have you noticed the fruit of the spirit transforming the lives of the women in this home or even in the home that you lived in in New York over the time that you've spent with the program and with the women? Um, so the fruit of the spirit is an indicator of where the ladies are. Um, but a lot of the fruit of the spirit, um, women are not able to receive um, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, um, because of the hard exterior that they've had to, I'll say put on, but I don't think it's putting on, I think it's people putting it on them um, for protection. Um, so I see love transforming them the most because once they begin to accept that, um, their words are a little more kind. Um, their reactions to correction, um, you know, when they're in the office and it's, it's not an easy conversation and I'm bringing up scripture, they're more receptive. Um, and they have this light. And, and, and sometimes I refer to the light turning on when I'm talking to them. Um, but you can just see it in their eyes when they begin to accept these things. And then they begin to walk it out. Because their lives are not transformed by us just showing them something. Um, and then modeling a behavior but it's them walking out the fruit of the spirit um because we're not about behavior modification mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. absolutely so the women that come in have hard stories mm -hmm. have stories um even because they have to commit to living here for a year they also have a lot of fear and anxiety about what their children may be going through outside of the home and stuff like that so as you see them reunited with their families and everything, how have you noticed their families receive them after witnessing the transformation in them yourself? Um, so we have a um, 
lady in the program right now who um, she she found out about us through hearing someone's testimony who was in the program um, she happened to be at a church service and heard one of our ladies testimony um, and her parents dropped her off and her dad would have done anything for her um, but what was different the first time I got to see them visit her mom and her dad is that there wasn't that worry um, the conversations that they have when they call me is not those of worry as opposed to when she first came into the program or even before she came into the program when they were trying to get her here um, there's a lot of laughter a lot of joy um, and a sense of security because families aren't up late at night wondering what their daughter's doing um, children don't have to wonder where their mom is and a lot of their families I have really close relationships with. And so I'll just sit and listen to the laughter and it almost brings me to tears because I know that that was missing for so long for some of their family members. My goodness. That is beautiful. That is beautiful, y'all. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is one of my favorite places on earth because it truly will transform you. Even if you're not coming to be a part and stay, just the times that I've gotten to come, the times that I've gotten to enjoy with the women in the word just always leaves me feeling different as well. This is a place where you can feel the presence of God. And I'm so grateful that the families get to experience and receive that as well. It's just mm, so good, it's so good. I don't have many words. I am literally overcome with emotion. I, I cry almost every time I come here and I'm trying so hard not to cry. So we're not crying, we're not crying. <laughs> uh, what is the nine part fruit of the spirit that you find most challenging to walk out? What is that area that God is pruning you in consistently? <laughs> you know, um, someone who has dealt with a drug and alcohol addiction, um, it's going to be a little ironic that I say self-control, but you know, in, in my eating habits, I love some Taco Bell, <laughs> in my working out, um, and things of that nature, that's where God's pruning me right now. And what made me think about the fruit of the Spirit is, I obviously have exhibited some self-control because I, you know, have not gone back to drugs and alcohol for so many years. Um, but... The thing about it, the fruit of the Spirit is there's always more. There's always more love I could show. There's always more gentleness, kindness, and self-control. Absolutely. Absolutely. I shared last week that I am very controlled in very specific areas. Mm -hmm. And then in others, it's like, where is it, Liv? Where is it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I get that. But I'm grateful that he doesn't leave us Thank or you. forsake us. <laughs> 
just want to ask you if you have any closing words for the women and even men that may be listening or watching in. And if you could tell us where we can find you and where we can give to the Walter Hoving Home. Uh, you can visit our website, hovinghome.org. Um, you can find more information about our home here in Las Vegas. Um, there's ways to give there. Ways to volunteer if, if that's what God's putting on your heart. Um, and, and you can also send an email if there's other questions you have. Um, or you can give the office a call, 702-386-1965. Um, my closing remarks would be... Um, if you've seen me before my uh, um, encounter with Christ, you would have not described me as someone who loves. Um, but if you see me now, I hope you see the love of Christ and that whatever area that you're struggling in, of the, in the fruit of the Spirit, that God can provide that for you too in a submit and surrender to him. Mm. <laughs> I just want to be quiet. <laughs> I just want to sit and I just want you to keep talking. <laughs> I just want you to keep talking. I am not even playing. <sighs> Y'all, I don't I don't have much more to say. <laughs> but the one verse that does keep coming to mind is 1 Peter 4 and 8, which tells us that above all, love deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. The love that the women have who serve at the Hoving Home is so intense and so deep that it covers over the sins of the women who enter in and it transforms their lives. And I hope and I pray that we can all say the same about the spaces that we enter into. Let's pray. I just thank you, Lord, for this time. God, I thank you for those who are going to listen, Lord God, that you would pierce their hearts, Lord, that they'd be able to love in your love, Lord God, um, that agape love, Lord, that Liv was speaking about earlier, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that... No one is too far from your reach, Lord God. That no one is, has done anything that's too bad to make you not love them, Lord God. And God, I pray that we would be reflections of that love, Lord God. In our actions, Lord, in our thoughts, Lord God. And in our hearts, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do um, through cultivating the fruit of the Spirit in our life, Lord. And um, I thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <sighs> Wasn't that episode good? If you thought that any part of it touched your heart, I'd like to invite you to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It would be such an honor to know what it is that touched your heart. Now, if you're looking for additional content, please, Look no further. You can find me on YouTube at Live Dooley and Instagram at Candid Live. I cannot wait to the next time 
we get together. Until then, know that you are loved. Thank you.